Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is the Tyne Bob Pod at GoLong, GoLongTD.com. Bob, there's a game to discuss. There's there's four games to discuss, really. That was uh, about as uh, batshit crazy of a divisional playoff weekend as I think you can script. And got a lot of Packer fans listening, so we are going to really dig into the that defeat to the San Francisco 49ers and all the questions that go into that game that still don't really make a hell of a lot of sense, but the other games are interesting too. So I I don't know where you want to start, Bob, I'll let you kind of take the floor and, you know, dribble wherever you'd like to dribble in the backcourt. All right. So people are going to think I'm nuts. You know, I, uh, I really like the first three games, but I got to admit, I know it's what the NFL wanted and what people wanted to see, but it's not really what I want to see in that game four. Defense has no chance, Tyler. And to me, these great quarterbacks with these great arms who can't be hit, receivers can't be touched. I'm just not all excited about this touchdown after touchdown, no matter what. I'm just not. And I don't know. I <laughs> The greatest playoff game of all time, it's not in the, my top 200 playoff games of all time. It's just the way I see it. I just like to see defense and defense is helpless in, in these, in this modern game against great QBs and great receivers. I like that take. That is a sharp, sharp take that I have not heard. The game ended and everybody's drooling all over their living rooms. Players play. I mean, I saw Stefan Gilmore. He wasn't alone. All these players calling it the greatest game they've ever witnessed. Um, it was entertaining as hell. I mean, the end of it, the back and forth, it was nuts. I guess I didn't, I don't have a, 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 a uber strong take on the game. I thought it was a great entertaining game. I thought it was, you know, 13 seconds left and Patrick Mahomes does that. Uh, but I, I hear you. I appreciate that. I, I think like it is kind of sad that defense is that helpless late in the game. I think a lot of it has to do with, the quarterbacks being damn good themselves and the defense is being really bad themselves. 
but it is it does play to a larger point in the direction of the sport. You would never see a finish like that in God 2005, let alone 1995. No, it wouldn't. It'd be impossible. Quarterbacks got knocked around, you know. T. I mean, I like his. I don't know. I'm really going to date myself, but when the Colts uh, played the Packers, I think in 64, when Tom Matty had to come move from Ohio state running back, had to play quarterback that day because Unitas was injured. I mean, that game has stuck with me for almost 50 years, more than 50 years, 55 years, 60 years. It, it's games like that where there's injuries or a, a weather or six to three, or, you know, I don't know. Um, all these NFL games, they're all going down to the end, aren't they, Tyler? There's just a numbing sameness to all this stuff. I know we're supposed to be so, so excited. That's what the league wants you to be, you know. But the ball's not very good. You got great quarterbacks dominating defenses that really have no chance. Um, they have no chance. They can't hit the quarterback. It's a joke. Well, well, I mean, to be contrarian to that point, though, Joe yeah. Burrow got sacked nine times, and they won, right? He, he got knocked around. Uh, yeah, but did you see any mayhem or heinous hits or brutal hits? I didn't. You kind of spin the guy down. Yeah, you can't go right. low. You can't go high. Yeah, he took nine nine sacks. I know, but to me, you want you want to like dislodge limb. You want well, limbs when, on the field. That's Blood. when the element of fear comes into the passing game, Tyler. When the quarterbacks are afraid and wide receivers and tight ends are afraid. Uh, when the the element of fear is gone from the passing game it's unstoppable with great qbs man i really thought that i mean we wrote about it and talked about it the game was dusting off uh, a bygone era for a while It, it seemed like it paid off to to be physical to run the ball to get after the quarterback to do those kinds of things. I still think we're seeing some of that though in the playoffs. I mean, San Francisco, we're going to get into this game. You called it, Bob. I mean, they've got the kind of players that could have played in the nineties and they went into Lambeau field and they slapped the Packers around. They slapped Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they, they, they won that way. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't, you know, engaging in any shootouts and bringing a team back with 13 seconds to go. So no, I've got, I think there's still a little hope for the purity of the game. I'll be optimistic. And the Tennessee D line was unreal. And, you know, had Tannehill not played so poorly, that would have carried the day. So you're right. I think it's just Sunday, you know, all this scoring and the comeback by Brady. I don't know. He was just, he was really getting, he he had no receivers and he had no, no old line lost worfs. And he brought him back, and that's just kind of the way, the way the NFL yeah, is. Everybody I talk to, well, you knew he was going to bring him back. It's because the way the game is played. NFL doesn't want blowouts, man. Maybe, uh, you know, there's a secret society. There's a new world, a new football world order. There's, there's people behind the scenes kind of puppeteering <laughs> these games. And it's all uh, just, you know. I'll put the tin foil like cap it. on. Yeah. Mike Vrabel goes for too early, chasing that point the rest of the game. I don't know. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers looking a little disinterested, doesn't really want to be there. Uh, no. I don't know. All right. It's a solid point. I like it. 
I say that there's still some real football being played out there. Some substance, some meat on the bone, if you will. And I think these conference championship games are going to be a little, I think, I think Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati and Kansas city might be a better game. I mean, everybody's basically saying the chiefs are just going to blow them out. Right. I guess. Yeah. Most all, most all the way the chiefs looked. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati's not going to be afraid. I mean, they they beat Kansas City a few weeks ago. Granted, it wasn't Cincinnati, um, but I, I feel like Joe, Joe Burrow isn't going to flinch. I think that offensively they can go drive for drive. The question is, can they get a stop? Because you're right. That might be one of those games that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, other side, man. I still don't, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe I should trust Matthew Stafford, but I'm just not there yet. He should be able to beat San Francisco, but I think the 49ers, the way they're constructed and they did just beat the Rams. I think that does mean something as well. Yeah. 40, I think, I think the 49ers win. I think the chiefs do win. I think it's gonna be closer. I'm going to go chiefs Niners Super Bowl rematch. What's say you? Um, I'll go Chiefs, Niners, and I'm sticking with the Niners to win it all. You know, ride with that opening day pick. <laughs> you were wise. All right. San Francisco, 13. Green Bay, 10. First drive of the game, it looked like Green Bay might just run them out of the building. Um, looked a lot like Buffalo against New England. It was cold frigid cold here in western new york for that game and you wouldn't wouldn't be able to tell watching josh allen and the receivers and they're just seven drives seven touchdowns see ya and after that game after that first drive for green bay it was absolute unmitigated apathetic disaster it looked like a team that didn't even want to be there looked like a quarterback that didn't even want to be there um I'll let you get it going, Bob. But I, I it was a, it was a strange game to watch, and it just seemed like the Packers were offensively taking the cue from their quarterback, completely disengaged from reality, from urgency, from anything. You're right on that first drive, eight, ten plays, sixty nine yards, never reached a third down. They established Adams. They established Dylan. They're eight no at home, but okay. The fumble by Mercedes Lewis. We'll get to all that. Okay. Um, what else do we want to say right off the top? This team is Super Bowl or bust with all these contracts, all the money they pushed into the front into into this year. They've never done that here ever since the salary cap started in '93. They've never done it. They did it this year. They are in cap cap jail. Um, they had a pretty healthy team. They were down to minus four starters. <clears throat> San Francisco was minus five starters. Um, but they just can't, LaFleur and Rodgers can't really win the big one, you know? And that's just kind of the way it is. All right, let's go to the footballs. Receivers got one and a half, so the maximum is five. Receivers, one and a half. O-line, one and a half. The QB, one. Running back, four and a half. D-line, three. Linebacker four, DB three and a half, kicker one and a half, special teams one half, 
overall too. So let's go to the wide receivers. 56 possible snaps on the O. Adams played 53. When games like this, the snap counts go way up. I love that. 53 out of 56 for him. Lazard, 51 out of 56. They missed Valdez Scantling, was injured, didn't play. Uh, Randall Cobb, Rogers guy, 30 snaps. St. Brown, 19. Um, Winfrey and Rogers did not play from scrimmage. The tight ends, uh, Mercedes Lewis, 26. Tyler Davis, 11. We'll get to Degora and Daphne uh, with the running backs. Um, all right, the receivers. They never had one jet uh, jet motion in the entire second half, only six in the first quarter. They were pretty static, which was a bit of a surprise. Um, you know, the 49ers, Jason, Jason Verrett, is it? The cornerback blew his ACL out, I believe it was in the first game. Right. Jason, yeah, okay, so he's out. And then Ambry Thomas, the rookie, third, fourth, fourth-round pick, who had played well against Dallas. He didn't play. So they're down to their third cornerback on the left side. They start the eight-year veteran Deontay Johnson, and they immediately started attacking him, um, a third-string guy, and he looked every bit of it. Adams was doing what he wanted. He made a light, nice low catch for 10. Uh, he was jawing with Fred Warner right off the bat, Fred Warner. Um, I just, you know, after seeing Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel and these guys block and and after they catch a ball in the middle, they run full throttle. They're making cups, making people miss, and Samuel's doing that and also running over guys. Adams really, he's kind of looking to fall down and run out of bounds. I, I don't know. Um, on that fumble recovery. Um, that was by Dre Greenlaw on the ball to Mercedes Lewis. I don't know. A more hustling wide receiver, he might have been in position to, to make that play. But he was kind of dancing off to the side the way he does around people, and he wasn't even close to that fumble recovery. That would have changed the entire game. Um, he lost a 14-yard catch because of a penalty. Uh, I, the way Sam, the way Cup blocks, again, He's the best receiver in the game right now. And Samuel might be number two with whatever he is. Uh, Lazard, how many targets? One, Tyler, I believe. Let's see. Yeah, Lazard had one target and 51 snaps. He had a false start on third and three, which led to a sack, which led to a punt first half. And uh, in the fourth quarter, he got shed by the safety on a block. Carry only went for two yards. I don't know what to say. Rodgers just didn't care about him. Uh, Randall Cobb, he didn't care much for him either. In his uh, 30 snaps, he had one target. He played for uh, MVS. Uh, he hadn't played in uh, – he had missed five and a half games. He really didn't show much separation, and he got shut out. So if that's the end of him in Green Bay, and I assume it is, he had a couple good games early, but, you know, he really wasn't the answer. All right, that's it at wide receiver. St. Brown was used on a reverse, but all these other guys were just uh, like mannequins out there. All right, Mercedes Lewis. Whew. You know, we're going to talk about special teams. 
He did not play a snap from, on special teams the whole the whole season. So he's really a luxury item. And you start talking about the reasons, you know, I don't think it's so much coaching. It's just that Gutekunst hasn't, and before him, Ted Thompson, they don't, they don't, they're not going to get one or two or three special team studs who don't have much positional value. They don't care. And we'll get into that later, but they really don't care. Um, on the fumble, Fred Warner knocked it out. He had two hands on the ball, but the ball was in his gut. And it wasn't high and tight, and that thing was punched out, and it turned the whole game around. Um, the drops were by Aaron Jones had one, Daphne had one, and Degora had one. Uh, the rest of the tight ends were all non-entities, really. It was uh, it was an Adams and Rogers show, and it wasn't enough. So that's it, really, for the receivers, Tyler. Did you catch what? might be Aaron Rodgers' last throw. Maybe you're saving it for the quarterbacks. Did you see Alan Lazard? Okay, if you want to save that. Let's wait on that. Let's wait on that. But the concept (laughs) of just locking into Devontae Adams, it's it's really inexcusable that the way the NFC Championship game ended last year, I mean, we can talk about Matt LaFleur's decision to kick a field goal for months, you know, you can make jokes on Jeopardy about it and laugh and mock and have, well, what about the play right before when you for when Aaron Rodgers forced it to Devonte Adams across his body and he was locked in at least that game, he threw a few deep to Marquez Valdez Scanlon and you did see how important that deep threat is, as, as you noted, but um, I'm really interested to see, you know, when you get to Aaron Rodgers on like the opportunities Four, four receivers not named Devontae Adams, because that's one. I mean, did you see any other separation plays where there could have been something out there for somebody that wasn't 17? Because they kind of made the same mistake they made a year ago. All right, the old line. Um, well, let's look at it. 56 snaps. Bakhtiari was declared uh, that he wouldn't play on, like, the day before. He had played 27 snaps in Detroit, didn't play in this one. Um, he must have had some setbacks, didn't feel he was mentally and physically able to play. Uh, I think everybody was surprised. But I'm not going to fault a guy for his injuries or his body. We don't live, you know, I've, I've never done that. I've stayed away from that my whole career. I'm not going to go there now. All right, so they could have gone. They could have gone a lot of different ways, you know. Stenovich and Lafleur and all these other coaches, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. They had a lot of ways to go. So Nyman, you know, had played uh, seven straight games at left tackle, and they decided to go with Billy Turner over there, who had missed four and a half with what was it, a knee injury. So they went with Turner, and Turner hadn't played the left side much at all in his three years in Green Bay although I believe he played that in college at North Dakota State. All right, so they decided to go with Turner. Nyman never played. At left guard, they went with their season-long starter, John Runyon. At center, they had to make a decision. Do you keep Patrick there, even though Myers, the rookie, had not played well in 32 snaps against Detroit after he missed 10 and a half games, 11 games, virtually 12 games, almost all of the previous 12 games or before Detroit. I don't know. They went with Myers, 
at center. They went with Patrick at right guard, and really he hadn't played right guard other than uh, Detroit half the game. This was his only uh, right guard all year. And then they stayed with Kelly, who played his sixth straight game at right tackle. All right. Um, you know, Matt LaFleur said that uh, after the game, he said Rodgers was under duress. And in his presser yesterday, he said that uh, he was under intense pressure. But he really wasn't. I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade. There was five sacks the line gave up. But the sack times on those sacks was 3.5, 5.5, 3.0, 3.5, and 3.2. And the only, he was only knocked down one other time. So you got five sacks, none of them under 3.0. So it was not a fast sack in the, um, in the game. And then only one other knockdown and five hurries. I got five hurries in which he was flushed or hurried. That is not... Rodgers himself has encountered much, much tougher uh, games than he did here with the pressure. The old line was not good, but I didn't think it was a disaster by any means. All right, let's start with Patrick. I mean, the first play of the game, uh, this Eric Armstead play, moving from end to inside, I mean, the guy is a beast. He is fulfilling all that first-round uh, potential. He walked Patrick right back and just got pressed, body pressed. Um, that was a pressure early. Uh, Patrick, though, he's a battler. You know, he had a great combo block on the touchdown, moved from Armstead to Warner. Great play. Again, he missed Warner or missed Armstead really bad, a flat-out miss on a pass play, but the ball was out. Um, he recovered the fumble by Rodgers. Why? Because after he got knocked on his ass, he didn't stay on his ass. He bounced up like a good football player will. Who knows? If you hustle, good things happen. And just because he jumped up rather than sit there and wallow, he got up and there he was to recover the fumble. You got to like a lot of things about Patrick. Um, all right, Myers, third play of the game. He missed Fred Warner. Play went for minus one. Um, he showed some poor sustain in the fourth quarter against uh, DJ Jones, but really DJ Jones, who I talked up a lot last week, he did not blow up plays. He wasn't that really that big of a factor. This, the interior of this line did better than the Cowboys had done the week before. That is a really good interior and Jones, Givens and Street really didn't do much. Armstead was a factor, but it's, it's hard to really knock these inside guys. Uh, and Runyon was fine, I thought. The 49ers blitzed 22.9% uh, with five, 8.6% with six or more. So uh, D'Amico Ryan's, um, he kept it cool. He, he didn't go crazy, but he, he let uh, Rodgers and uh, LaFleur know he was there. All right. At um, the left tackle, Billy Turner. Let's get the, uh, the pressure counts here. Bear with me a moment. Okay, Turner gave up two and a half pressures, Runyon one and a half, Myers zero, Patrick three, Kelly five. In the bad run department, there were there was only three. One went full to Myers, half to half to Runyon, half to Daphne, and the other one I gave a no fault. So that wasn't bad at all. All right, Turner. 
I mean, all but two snaps, Nick Boza was over against Kelly. They're unlike most teams. And Armstead, everybody's moving side to side, you know, depending strength, strong or weak or, you know, hash mark, whatever. And But they're not. Armstead stayed over the right guard, and Boza, all but two plays, stayed over the right tackle. All right, Kelly. You know something, Tyler? I kind of like the guy. Um, I can't knock him. He gave up five pressures, I know. But that's against Nick Boza, and it never got out of control. It was – I saw some perform. I thought Tom Compton of the Niners was worse against Gary. And we've seen some, some linemen in these games over the weekend – that were just mismatched. He's not like that. He's not that bad. He pancaked Arm, Armstead in the red zone. Um, he killed uh, Omenahu. He killed him on a toss that went for 14 yards. He's nasty around piles, picking people off. But on a hard count in the goal line, he flinched and cost him five yards. Now, does Rodgers, as a quarterback, you know you're coming off the ball. Do you really want to have a hard count at the five-yard line? Uh, that's a really debatable point with football people. He did it, and it, he, Kelly flinched. Kelly's about 85 to blame, and I think Rodgers uh, is 15%. Okay, we discussed Turner, Bakhtiari. Um, I thought this line held up better than the Dallas line. Um, still, I gave him one and a half. I mean, it wasn't good enough. But uh, but it wasn't brutally bad either. So that's the old line to you. I, I think you put it perfectly. You have to kind of put the context into everything. Nick Bosa, Armstead. Let's not forget about Kevin Gibbons. <laughs> Your boy. Um, given the, the front, given that that's the team's strength, you know, eyeball test, watching that, I I didn't come away thinking that this was a quarterback under duress, as as LaFleur said, and you noted, uh, under intense pressure. It, that really struck me as a head coach doing everything in his power not to piss off a quarterback who's making a decision on whether he wants to play for the football team. And, you know, if uh, – you know, I don't know. If, if I was an offensive lineman, I, I would wonder – do you think they care? Do you think they do they hear what the head coach says and have an opinion on it? Yeah, I think they probably do. Football people have a lot of time, Tyler. Front office, coaches, players, they have a lot of time to just sit there and stew and mull and try to parse everything that's said and done. Lots of time in those buildings. Yeah, I do. They they see it all, react to it all. All right. Uh, so we go to the QB. Just as a general thought, you know, I watched the, uh, all four games over the weekend, right? And the worst quarterback was Ryan Tannehill of the eight. I would put Rodgers seven and Garoppolo six. You can say what you want about Garoppolo, but he made more throws downfield. He attempted more balls. He had three drops, just like Rodgers had three drops. He had a 63-yard touchdown drop by Kittle. But um, bad shoulder, bad thumb. He outplayed, uh, he outplayed 12. Um, something's missing with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, one Super Bowl in 14 years, it's, uh, it's really pretty pathetic. His playoff record now is 11 and 10. Outplayed by Eli Manning. 
horrible in the red zone against Seattle. Indecisive early in that 2013 game against the Niners. Overthrew Jennings and then missed the slot, slot blitz in overtime that turned into the winning touchdown. Just absolutely overwhelmed with LaFleur at San Francisco, at Atlanta in 2016. Didn't even answer the bell. The red zones against Tampa Bay last year, the, the pass you referenced, and then uh, the inability to run. And this game, just, just a dreadful performance. I mean, LaFleur says that a lot of a lot of things he did was great. Come on, Matt. Um, you know, where's the beef? I mean, the moment was too big for him. We're going to go through all these things, but I don't know. I mean, this guy, it was a terrible performance. It truly was. Something, something is really missing with this player. It wasn't, he hasn't been very good on the move, Tyler, late in the year here. And you can blame that toe all you want. You can't blame it at this one. But he's, he's running the sacks. He doesn't show burst. Boza ran him down. Uh, he hasn't been creative. He's been indecisive in this thing. Uh, the sacks, I recited them. Let's recite them again. The sacks were 3.5, 5.5, 3.0, 3.5, and 3.2. He's just not reacting well in this game. I mean, as you said, he focused in on Adams, and I get all that. But not at the exclusion of these other players against a secondary with a third-string cornerback. Oh, I'm just going to cherry-pick here. The hard count, it got Lazard. It got uh, 79 at the 5. It never got the 49ers. The first sack, 3.5 seconds. He had to go in the flat. Got sacked. Um, run down by Boza. Boy, that surprised me. You know, it's just the body language, the hands in that fanny pack in the front, you know, the blanks, blank look. It's just they got a habit of wasting timeouts. He wasted two timeouts in this game. He and LaFleur have been doing this repeatedly now in the second half of the year. Didn't cost him here, but certainly could have. He, the one extended play he got out on. And uh, coming out of his own end, he flipped it um, to 36 yards down the field to Aaron Jones. I mean, it wasn't a pass on the money, or Jones probably would have scored easily. He made him adjust to make a hell of a catch. 39 yards, that was after the catch. The first sack fumble, I mean, he never does this, but he got sacked by Boza, and he's very lucky. Uh, he just couldn't pull the trigger on that play. It was 3.0. Lucky, Luckily, Patrick was hustling and made the play. He's skittish. He looked trapped. He was indecisive. He kept sailing the ball low. They were tailing down these balls. And I don't think there was that much wind. I mean, I'm not there, but a guy with an arm with arm strength like that, this is a day made to order. He's always wanted this kind of weather. He's talked, you know, that he's, you know, he's the master in these kind of situations. He certainly wasn't. You know, he, when Adams made that great catch for 25 yards, that was just a low pass. I mean, had he let him run through the darn thing, might have been a touchdown. All these low balls. He throws high in the flat to Jones behind him. Um, the first and only, well, the first six-man rush by D'Amico Ryans came down the stretch, and that's when he threw that ball to Adams low over there against um, – Norman, who was in for his first play, just a lousy pass. 
So let's, you know, but people will say, well, they're going to look at that passer rating and see somewhere in the low 90s. And they're going to say, well, he was fine. It's not his fault. Passer rating. <laughs> the guy doesn't want to put the ball in play. Garoppolo does. He suffered an interception. His passer rating takes a hit. No, he doesn't want it. He knows that's the that's the way to the MVP when you got all the guys, the narrative on TV over and over, Sunday after Sunday. Sunday. Oh, he's got 28 touchdowns and two picks. Tom Brady probably, I don't know how many quarterbacks sneaks for touchdown from the one 50 in his career. I don't know. What's Rogers got four. I mean, what does that do here, Pat? You know, <laughs> the guy is very aware. He's so in tune with everything. I mean, he is, he's a genius. He's got eyes in the back of his head. He knows what's going on with everything he does out there. So we're going to talk about special teams later. And people say, wow, the special teams cost them the game. Well, that made the score 10 to 10. So let's let's compare these last two possessions, okay? Both quarterbacks started with from their own 29-yard line, and Green Bay started with 436 left. So let's look at this last possession. Green Bay's got the ball. LaFleur, he expected him to go down and win the game. He had done it in 37 seconds against San Francisco in September. That was Rogers' greatest moment of the year, I would say. All right, he scrambles around. I don't know what was going on on that first play. I do not know what the play was. He scrambles around, dicks around, and Patrick goes ineligible downfield. All right, the second play, first and 15. He throws a ball over to Adams on a short stop route. They're all over it, and he gets four. So now it's second and 11. Well, they put Cobb over there on the outside left. I mean, he cannot play outside anymore, Tyler, but he's out there. Um, he can't win out there. So you got a good nickelback, K1 Williams out there squatting on the thing, and Cobb runs a speed out. Now, he's got Degora and Jones on checkdowns that are open on this play for maybe gains of eight, nine, and then you got, what would it be, third and three? But no, he goes to, he goes to Cobb. He bails out on the throw. The ball, 24 saw this all the way. Uh, I'd squat on Cobb, too. That's why a couple teams gave up on him, and Rodgers wants the guy. That ball could have been a pick six right there. It was close. The ball had nothing on it. Terrible decision. Had all kinds of time. All right, so now we're going to go to uh, – what do we got here? We got uh, third and eleven. All right, so everybody's seen this, you know. He's got 18 yards in the middle of the field, running wide open, Alan Lazard, right? They run a uh, – was that a six-man pressure? Uh, it was a blown coverage, obviously. Now, Hofanga, the slow-footed USC rookie safety, he turns his back on Rodgers. Rodgers saw the guy trying to stay on top of Adams in addition to uh, – was it uh, Deontay Johnson was the man in coverage over in that thing. He turns his back. You can't go there. There's just no way Adams is going to get it. But we know one thing where he threw that ball, the odds are really heavily against that ball being picked. Um, he's looking for a PI and that's not a bad move, you know, and it was a somewhat, it wasn't a PI, but you know, it was in 15% range. Doesn't go to Lazard. 
had a pre predetermined, made up his mind on the thing, the worst thing you can do. And he throws the thing, but there was no interception. Um, and that passer rating is intact. So, all right. So they punt the ball away. And now here comes Jimmy Garoppolo with uh, 320 left, starting from his own 29. Same as Rodgers had just been before that, right? So let's look what – now, I don't want let the defense off the hook. Everybody's, oh, the defense played great. No, they didn't. When it comes, when it comes to nut-cutting time, they did not do the job. The defense folded, and that's on Joe Barry. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah, you play for 57 minutes, big deal. you got to win the game right now, pal, and you didn't do it. This defense was not a great defense by any stretch. All right, first play. I mean, all they really got is Kittle out here. He's the only guy that can win. I mean, the Green Bay pass rush, we'll get to that. That was a serious pass rush with what they got on that field right now. That's why this was a team that would better play from the quarterback and special teams. They could have got, they could have won the Super Bowl. And every Packer, I just, the feel of that pass rush, it was legit. It was big time. It was equal to the 49ers, if not better. And it would have been better with more time with Merciless and Zedarius back. All right, so Kittle comes off, tough coverage. He beats uh, Campbell inside, gain of 12. All right, they run the toss. Now, LaFleur just gave up on the run game to his detriment and to his uh, – he should be criticized for it. San Francisco doesn't do that. Shanahan runs Mitchell for four. He's got second and six. Great design on this play. They get eventually come out with uh, Samuel – there was some motion over there and three guys over on the left and the Packers were all confused. They hadn't seen this look. He comes out of the backfield over on the left side. I don't know who was supposed to have him. It was just a great design gain of 14. It was a terrific play. So now they're uh, first and 10 on the green Bay 41. All right. They're back to Samuel. They run them. Uh, they run them for a toss. Good hard hit by uh, Billy lion. All right. Now it's uh, second and seven. They go back to that run game. They run Samuel on a toss up the gut. Uh, Kenny Clark killed the center, Alex Mack. No gain. Now we got uh, timeout Green Bay, their third. Timeout San Francisco, the first. We got third and seven. Green Bay decides to go into a nickel here, a dime, okay? Now, Tyler, Zaire Alexander played eight snaps in this game, right? Now, we talked about this last week or two weeks ago. Would he tackle from the slot? All right. Would he tackle? Now you got a physical guy who can't hold a candle to Alexander in terms of coverage. You got Chan and Sullivan, but they decided to keep him out of the lineup and they put in Kevin King as the dime. You think Shanahan didn't know where Alexander would be in that set? He wanted to make him tackle, and this won the game. So Joe Barry. And Jerry Gray, they can talk about having Alexander. Shanahan beat him. He ran the ball. He ran the ball with the irrepressible Samuel. All right. So Rashawn Gary took himself out of the play, and then he come and he's trapped by Lakin Tomlinson at the point. 55 Zadarius Smith was the tackle of that side and a rover. He did not rail, react well, and he's blocked. So now you got. Alexander and Samuel. He turned it down, Tyler. He tried to ankle bite the tackle. He turned it down. He should have, it should have been a three yard game. 
if Alexander makes that tackle. And the defense only missed three tackles the whole game. They tackled really well. But he misses. And it was the two deep. They had dropped to a two deep. Alexander and King were in the slots. And there he goes. And he powers through the, the gang tackle at the end, gaining nine. If he gains three yards there, that's a 53-yard field goal for uh, Robbie Gold. He's got a chance to make it. I'd say 53 yards for Robbie Gold, 30%. All right, so now we're going to run the ball, and he runs Mitchell for one. Timeout. He runs uh, Kyle Juszczyk for one. And then we come on with the field goal, and he knocked it through. Uh, the outside rushers were King and uh, Rasul Douglas. They didn't get there. They never get there. If the ball's perfectly snapped and placed and kicked, they're not going to get there. We can, we're going to talk about Green Bay's mess earlier. So, all right, he had a chance to win this game. He failed. And LaFleur failed. And then in the last possession, Joe Barry failed. The entire defense failed. Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Kyle Shanahan succeeded. And there you go. And you're eliminated on, on two series, both from the 29. We got the likely MVP. Fails. And you got Jimmy Garoppolo. Everybody wants out out there. And he succeeds. It's an amazing thing. That's it there, Tyler. Poetry, Bob. That was your finest work of this season, I think, the way you just wrapped that up. <laughs> you were in rhythm. You didn't miss a beat. Your word choice, spot on. I'm a big fan of nut-cutting time. It's weird. Right before you said that, that exact term crossed my brain. I'm not even lying. Really? It, it felt like nut-cutting time, didn't it? Yeah. I've, it heard, I've heard rug-cutting time, too, but nut-cutting time, that was nut-cutting weather. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to really add anything. I mean, you just, you just nailed it. W one thought crossed my mind though. Yeah. And we, we would never get the truth from Matt LaFleur publicly, especially when he's trying to convince Aaron Rodgers to stick around. Let's not forget that it's not, a, I don't think it's a situation <laughs> where he's just calling a play and Aaron Rodgers is running that play all game long. Um, he's got autonomy and this is a playoff game and he's probably going to want to throw to Devontae Adams a lot out there. Two years ago when they played the 49ers in the NFC championship game, when things were really, really bad at one point, he just, he just told the floor, I got it. Um, mm -hmm. how, yeah. What's 12 doing out there? You know, when they're abandoning the run, as you noted, and I get it. No AJ Dillon. That was a big factor. They missed Dillon. They missed Valdez Gandling. Yeah. But I'm totally with you. One team was willing to run, especially on that third and seven play of the year for San Francisco. One team just was okay throwing it up to Devontae Adams and having no rhythm. And, 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 and just maybe, throwing maybe a lot of it had to do with Rodgers calling the shots. Throwing into the flat, not wanting to take a chance, not wanting to drive the ball you know, rip a pass down there where there might be some people to tip a ball. Oh my God. Right. Just flipping it out in the flats. And the 49er defense has speed. Fred Warner and these guys, they'll tackle. They're not the, like the junk in the NFC North that 
Rodgers and the Packers load up against all the time. These guys can play, you know? Yeah. And so right. that eight, eight yard flip to Jones becomes three and four in this game. And that's not good enough. You got to take some chances with the football. The guy's got this magical arm. Everybody said he just attempted in this game. Just withers up, man. Yeah. Hey, all right, let's all... go to the running back. But I mean, r- real quick though. I mean, I, I think. Yeah. That, that arm, you're right. That's a really good point is. He's gonna win. He's gonna win his fourth MVP. Everybody's been raving about his arm strength, his arm arm talent. That's the term, Bob. Arm talent. Yeah. Um. And where was it? I mean, it just it looked like it was pretty similar to Brett Favre in twenty in two thousand seven in the cold. And and Favre at least hit, hit Donald Driver on that weird long touchdown, but kind of had the same feel, right? Um, I know our, our loyal listener, Jeff, he pointed this out to me. We were texting. He's listening right now. I thought he made a good comparison on that final pass for uh, Brett Favre. Ryan Grant was open. Didn't see him. And over yeah. time, uh, Corey Webster picks it off. And what might have been his final pass with Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers doesn't see Alan Lazard. And also just to, um, for folks wondering, oh, how did, you know, they had autonomy. How do you know? Well, Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, we sat down said that there's two playbooks in green Bay, right? That's he said, there's the playbook that Matt LaFleur has. And then there's Aaron Rodgers playbook and he's, he can change a play at any time. So it's, it's not me just making that up, but um, it was, uh, but he, he did a lot of great things. Matt said, you know, did a lot of great things. I don't know what those are. Um, and if, if, and the, the reason that, you know what's weird, Bob, is nobody's really having conversations like the one we're having right now. I mean, maybe I think they are. I mean, I guess they are in, in certain corners. But things should be extra critical in a week like this. People should be extra harsh. Are we going to judge quarter whether it's Aaron Rodgers or anybody? You're going to judge these these quarterbacks for regular season wins against junk divisional opponents, as you noted. You know, you load up on that stuff, and we're just. No, this is, I mean, Aaron Rodgers said it himself at one point back when I was on the beat with you at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, like legacies are defined in the, in the playoffs. The, the playoffs is where, that's where you're known forever is, is, is how you perform in these games and 11 and 10 um, falling up short year after year. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of time to get into it over the coming days, weeks, months, but I don't know if you if you're Green Bay, you really gonna fawn over him? You're really gonna beg and plead and crawl on your knees that he, that you do you really want him back? Everybody knows where I stand. I think you should have traded him last year when you could get unlimited picks and players and move on. You're probably not gonna get that value right now. And by the way, behind the scenes, you you cut whatever deal you cut with him. So if he wants out, you have to trade him. He could retire and just leave you with nothing. Yeah, um, it was Super Bowl or bust all the way this year, all the way, and I, I really do think they missed out on a golden opportunity last year to rip the bandaid off. Hell, probably gonna feel like ripping duct tape off, and just do it, just do it. Because you should have known a game like this was 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 a possibility. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl and win it, but I don't know. I guess they can. They don't put banners up in Green Bay for divisional uh, division championships, at least. But 
they'll commemorate the season in some way and he'll win an MVP award and there'll be things to celebrate, but I don't think it was worth it. I really don't. How hollow will that be? uh, That's Saturday night or whenever it is Thursday night before the Super Bowl now. What a hollow deal. Okay. The running backs. Yeah. That MVS stuff that you remember, Tyler, I forgot that that was two playbooks, huh? Yeah. Two playbooks in green Bay. Yeah. All right, Jones played more because of the injury. He played 42 of 56. Dylan only played 15. First game, he was knocked out with injury all year. Uh, DeGora played 24, five with his hand down. Daphne played eight, zero with his hand down. Uh, Empty sets, only five. That's pretty low. They average about seven or eight. Okay. Uh, All right, well, Aaron Jones had a lot of yards. 21 touches for 170, 75 came on one play, and that's the one we needed to discuss. So he makes a really good adjust to that extended ball. Why did he try to I – mean, what was he doing trying to run into uh, to three, you know? Um, just make him catch. Why did he cut inside? Jaquiski Tart, I looked it up, in 2015, he's a safety. He ran 4-4-9. All right, that's seven years ago. So I don't think he's going to catch Aaron Jones. He might. Let's just make him catch you. Instead, he made it easy, and eventually they got no points out of that with the field goal block. That's the only bad thing I would nail him on. Uh, He just would not go down easily. He went north, south. Man, he was attacking again. Uh, You know, the rest, I think, helped him having that two weeks off, uh, three weeks off, actually. And he was ready to play. He gained 19 in the right flat when he made uh, Deontay Johnson miss right early in the game. Um, He converted two third and ones, which generally has been A.J. Dillon's uh, role. He made a great catch of a bad pass of a high ball on the flat. Played good football. All right, so let's go to Dillon. Boy, he bowled over uh, uh, the free safety Jimmy Ward on uh, on the goal line touchdown. Um, you know, the Packers really became an inside run team all the way. They weren't an outside zone team the second half of the year. And both those plays, two runs by Dylan for 11 yards, it was really good stuff. Um, so that was, as you mentioned, that would have been uh, part of their game. Maybe they would have run more. Maybe they wouldn't have with the two playbooks. Who knows? So how did Dylan get hurt? Well, he was on the kickoff return team. People might blame uh, LaFleur for that. Not me. Special teams are one-third of the game. You play your people that you think, and as shorthand as they are because of people like dead weight like Mercedes Lewis on that roster, you've got to play some people. Now, I don't know if Dylan can block. I trust that they feel he can block, so he's out there. Well, he got run over on the play by that, I don't know how to pronounce it, number 53, Nozoka. And... Um, that was with eight minutes left in the third quarter. And then Oren Burks, the linebacker, was coming behind Dylan, and he fell on him, and he looked like he kneed Dylan in the chest. So that was it for Dylan, and that was a blow. Um, Daphne had a drop to Gora. He dropped an 18-yard pass in the middle. You got to hit him with a drop. But, again, that was a low ball, and he was open. Not a very good throw, but it's on to Gora, no doubt. So – you know, barring injuries, they would have had the kid from Mississippi State. Um, 
Well, he's been gone a long time. Kylan Hill, you know, he's better than Patrick Taylor. They didn't want, they played Taylor one snap. That's it on the O. Uh, I don't know, 280 yards and 10 big points. That's it, T. Did you anticipate this at all to this degree? I mean, you, you had a feeling that San Francisco could drag Green Bay into this sort of game overall, but in yes. terms of the offense, in terms of just – Yes, that, in terms of Rodgers' postseason history, mm-hmm. yes. LaFleur hasn't proved anything in the postseason. Neither has Rodgers. All that two weeks of wait, everybody telling them how great they are. Uh, Packer fans just thinking Super Bowl. I had a friend of mine say, you know, how do you see this Niner game? Oh, Green Bay's going all the way. They're going to win it all. This is a really smart guy. Really smart guy. And really? This team had not been that dominant, Tyler. We went through the point differential. They had dominated in turnover differential. And they've been a great team in the penalty situation. But they hadn't played any good since the Rams, November 28th. I mean, this was all just lulled in. And the Niners, they're a hungry bunch. They're up. They're trying to get to a super – I mean, and we talked about those irrepressible players. I should have mentioned Fred Warner. He's number five. Mm-hmm. That guy plays hard, really hard. And he had a bad ankle, and he played everything. You wouldn't even have known it. So they get after you. And as the whole game, I thought they were going to win. No matter – I just thought they were going to win this game. Green Bay, the body language at 12. The fans just laughing it up, you know. Bill Jarts on the PA, you can hear him even over the broadcast, just, you know, just kind of thought this was in their pocket. But Niners are a tough bunch, man. What about the fact that there's, there's a, it's always difficult to go down this road, but I don't know if any other starting quarterbacks are really doing anything like this. Is there anybody else that sits down and just, meanders off into the topics that everybody hears he meander he meanders off into with pat mcafee every week and then you know he did a long interview with espn.com a couple days before the game talking about um vaccination status and people coming to get them and you know all of that i don't know like like we've talked about on here um I'm not even going to get into his views one way or the other, but he's always talking about this stuff all the time. Uh, I can't see Tom Brady doing something like that before these big games. It just is, it's just strange. I don't know. Yeah. Good point. It is strange. I wonder what LaFleur says. He's too afraid to even say one, you know, one word edgewise about Rogers, maybe behind closed doors. He does. Maybe he doesn't. We don't know. Um, they're almost the same age. Does he try to curtail that? I don't know. McCarthy was mad when they used to have the radio show on Tuesdays in Milwaukee. I know McCarthy didn't want that, and eventually that ended. But this McAfee thing, yeah. Rodgers has cut it loose this year, hasn't he? He uh, he has called it. He does. He just he doesn't give an F. You know, he said it to NFL Network too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right the defense it's always hard it's always Let's hard to go. connect the two i get it i get it. i'm just saying it's just it, it just was a weird week particularly but yeah defense all right 54 snaps 
This was a 110-play game from scrimmage, gradable plays, shortest of the year, two hours, 53 minutes. It was wonderful watching this tape, only 110 scrimmage plays. <laughs> Add another 820 on special teams, and there you go. Okay, Kenny Clark, 47. Dean Lowry, 45. Kiki was cut before that game. He was cut a few days before, a week before. Claimed men waivers by Houston. Uh, Lancaster, Tyler started, played 29. Slayton played 11 off the bench. They cut Jack Heflin because they had to get um, some skill position defensive players up the day before the game. And that was it on defense. Okay. Uh, Clark, first play of the game, he beat a reach block by Alex Mack, gain a one. Um, it was his flush. He flushed Garoppolo twice that led to that interception. Let's call, let's get to the pressures. Um, ah, let's get to the defensive pressures, Ty. Uh, okay, I got him. Kenny had two and a half. Uh, nobody else on the D-line had any. So um, Kenny got blown off the ball on a third and one play for a gain of five. That was uncharacteristic. He uh, he shed uh, the right guard Brunskill on a carry for one. He got trapped on that inside handoff to Juszczyk, gain of 13. Kenny, Kenny didn't see that coming at all, and he should have. Juszczyk runs enough. And he got uh, he killed Mac at the end on a carry for no gain. So it wasn't great, but it was still very good. Uh, Dean Lowry had a batted ball. He read a screen that was incomplete, played fine. Lancaster, he made the start in place of Kiki, made nice penetration against uh, Trent Williams, the left tackle, on a play that gained one. Shed Mac on a play that gained only two. He made really good penetration on fourth and one that failed, and he took Elijah Mitchell's cutback or other run option away from him. And then he ran into Rashawn Gary. Uh, Slayton had a tackle for loss, minus two. That was a blown assignment. Um, yeah, I don't know what was going on in that play. So the D-line against an average offensive line, I don't know, what did I give them? A three tie, I guess. Uh, they were okay. They were okay. That's it on the D-line. Not much to talk about, really. I'll just let you motor along and remind okay. people to check out our story on Kenny Clark if they'd like. Yeah, great piece, Tyler. It loses <laughs> its football peg in a sense, but uh, had a lot to do with non-football stuff in general. It was it was great stuff. Uh, I learned so much about Kenny in that. Excellent work, Tyler. Thanks for tripping in the middle of winter, huh, Tyler? Yep. Thought I had to take a trip back to Wisconsin and sit down with uh, – I mean, one of, if not the most important player on the team, unbelievably gracious with his time. We just hung out right at his house for a couple hours, and, and it's, it's really crazy. I mean, it's I'll let people read it for themselves, but to be eight years old and, and see your dad, in his words, you know, kicked and shoved up against a garage and thrown into a police car, and he's been in prison since for murder, um, for a crime he, he insists he did not commit. And if you dig into the details, it is pretty murky, but he's still there and none of their appeals are working. And I, I just, it's more about Kenny Clark and, and, and mentally how he um, dealt with this all from age eight to age 26 yeah. today. Uh, yeah. He, he kind of took everybody through 
his emotional and uh, mental odyssey. And I just I appreciate him doing it. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. All right. Outside backer. So, you know, how do we pronounce it? Galei and Terrence or Garvin were inactive. Galei played special team, didn't play from scrimmage. So what they did, they started Gary and Preston, 44 for Preston, 41 for Gary, and then Zedarius and Merciless replaced the other two. 19 snaps for Zedarius, his first game since game one, 12 for Merciless, coming back from the biceps injury. His last game was Seattle uh, in November. All right, so the pressures, four and a half for Gary, including two sacks, zero for Preston, one and a half for Zedarius, zero for Merciless. You know, Preston Smith, man, that first first quarter, he was on fire. He set the edge on a carry for one. Uh, he hopped over a kittle on a wham block coming across, carry for two, made the tackle. He stuffed Trent Williams on a carry for two. It was unreal. He got exposed in coverage in the second half by Kittle. I don't know what he was doing out in coverage. That's that's not a very good uh, matchup there. And Kittle beat him inside for 12. That set up, I don't know, field goal, I guess. Um, so I thought he played well. Gary, uh, Tom Compton, we talked about him. And, uh, you know, he'd been with six team. Wondered if he could handle Gary. He couldn't. He, he was using that one-arm stab from uh, over on the outside against Compton. Uh, Compton really was a patsy. I don't know how he's going to stand up against Floyd and Von Miller this week. 49ers got to, Shanahan's got to massage that, but there's only so much you can do. And that's why Garoppolo completing balls downfield with this rush, he attempted them and he hit some. Rodgers wouldn't even attempt them. You know, that's just flipping out in the flat and those balls were destined for failure. Um, play with Lazard and Cobb, like they're not even there. You got a third sting corner. I mean, people are open, Tyler, you know, maybe they're not wide open, but that's the NFL you throw guys open. Okay. Uh, Zedarius Smith. He was a Rover in this game. Uh, by Rover, I mean, standing up over a guard seven times of his 19 snaps. So, the Packers hadn't used that since they lost to Darius, but the Niners certainly would have anticipated that and would have looked at tape of him doing that last year. But boy, first play from scrimmage, he knocks Tomlinson right on his butt for a sack. You know, unfortunately, he just goes crawling afterwards and just, uh, uh, <laughs> unprofessional. <laughs> display <laughs> okay <laughs> that's how you really feel bob yeah now he had some he had fresh legs uh he had two bad runs i didn't like it he got he didn't handle the edge on one carry for six and then he got blocked pretty good on a nine yard run uh the one at the end yeah he didn't come off that block he didn't react well uh merciless didn't do much anything 12 snaps for him of course merciless you put him on the field on your 40, was it 46, 40, 46. You're not getting anything from a 32-year-old guy on special teams. You're not getting anything from Zedarius on special teams. Garvin played special teams. He's inactive. These are decisions that they made to get 
position players on the field. And I'm sure these are hard decisions. Um, I'm, uh, I don't know if I said this story, but in that Super Bowl game against New England, when I interviewed Belichick for the book, he talked about Desmond Howard's 99-yard kickoff return. And he was defensive coordinator under Parcells. And they had a discussion all week long, right up until the day before the game, whether to play, uh, who was the little brown guy, number 84, the little wide receiver special team guy who became a good player later for the Patriots. Oh, Troy Brown? Yeah. Whether to have him active or Graham. Was it Chris Graham, a taller wide receiver, maybe Iowa State or something? And the special teams coaches wanted Troy Brown. But Parcells thought Graham had more receiver value and Parcells won. So Brown was down and Graham was up. And on Howard's 99 kickoff return, Belichick told me this. He said, he's the guy who screwed it up. Wow. So every move, every move you make on a roster helps. Now only the Packers would know for sure. If these, these, this rush to get all these, you know, old and, unused players to get them all on the field on a cold day thinking it was going to be a, a passing game and you got to have Alexander, you got to have Smith and you got to have merciless up. Why? I don't know. Okay. Um, so that's it outside inside backer 54 snaps. Campbell played them all. Barnes played 38. It was a lot of three, four stuff. And Oren Burks played his typical five. Um, okay. So, you know, Shanahan did a lot of motion trying to reduce the impact of, uh, 59 Campbell in the game and Campbell really wasn't a, a big factor. He made a hit for plus two. He got beat inside by, um, at, at, we discussed that by Kittle for 12 on that final drive. Um, you know, he had a chance to pick off that pass to uh, the tight end, Charlie Werner, in the flat. Could have been a pick six, could have won the game, didn't get it done. So I didn't think he played as well in the last month as he had earlier. Um, Barnes, you know, there's two plays we got to discuss here in the second quarter. Uh, and both massive breaks that went for the Niners against the Packers. So on the first one, they ruled Samuel down with forward progress, you know, that he was down. But that ball came out, and it was recovered by the hustling Barnes at the 9 or 45. Um, no fumble. And then the very next play, they throw the slant to Ayuk against Douglas. Douglas makes a great play from his 10-yard off position. Hammers, it, hammers him, ball out, recovered by Barnes, hustling again. Returns at 21 yards to the Niner 40. Replay, no fumble. Both really tough calls against Green Bay. And I'm sure Packer fans, that's one they will, those two of them, they'll never forget. And they'll curse their fate. And if it was Michigan against Ohio State, I'd be cursing my fate too. <laughs> um, all right. So Barnes, he made, you know, he made a big hit on Samuels, knocked him out, hit him in the chest. Um he made a tackle for loss when he beat uh, Tom Compton at the spot and tackled Mitchell for minus one. He had a pretty good game. Uh, they played some bare front with 42 on the line of scrimmage. 
And really, I think that's uh, that's about it for the linebackers, T. I hadn't really even thought about the special teams factor with all of these veterans, all of these old legs, some players that Aaron Rodgers probably wants around Randall Cobb, obviously, you know, he's tight with Lewis. Um, Merciless, you know, that's another veteran you're kind of bringing out on the fly. Remember they tried Jalen Smith before that at some point you got to prioritize it. I mean, you, you are what you eat. You're, you're, you're the team of the, the players that you bring in. If, if you're bringing in veterans that are one trick ponies that aren't going to help you at all in this aspect of the game, it's, it's going to, it's going to come back to bite you. I mean, um, I know he wasn't perfect, but I just think of a guy like Jared Bush, you know, yep. just, just a tough SOB is going to give you something in special teams. And they, and he, he had a job for a long time through some rough moments as a corner, you know, and a lot of fans wanted him out of there, but he was the first to practice last to leave. I don't know if anybody worked hard. I don't know if I've seen any player on a beat work as hard as him. And he just had value. He had overall value to the toughness and the ethos of your team. I don't know how many guys like that they really had on this team. Tyler, you're beating me to the punch on this. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm going to give my thoughts on that subject, uh, core team guys, when we get to STs, okay? All right, let's go to the DBs. Oh, another thing, Isaac Yadam, number 24, he had played the fourth most snaps on special teams this year. He was oftentimes a holdup guy, often sometimes a gunner. Now, he had looked poor in coverage, you know, down the stretch. We know that. And I'm not saying he's a cornerback, but he's a pretty aggressive special teams guy. He's cut. Week four of the game, he's cut. Make room, I think it was for Alexander. So who's the hold-up guy in this game? Well, one of them, it was St. Brown and 22, John Charles. To me, John Charles can't run, and he's not tough. Eodum is faster, and he's a lot tougher. Okay, who were the holdup guys? John Charles was there five times. Stokes was there three. And uh, Winfrey, two. I believe uh, Udum's better. There you go. You cut the guy. You could have cut John Charles. Is anybody really going to pick him up? Does anybody really care about John Charles? Do they think he has a future to play from scrimmage? I didn't see anything this year. And play Udum in this game? But no. They, they saved John Charles. And then you got a 50-yard kickoff return by uh, by Samuel. We'll get to that. All right, so let's look at the DBs. I mean, Garoppolo, he's under siege, man, you know? He's, he's banged up. I mean, they could sit on stuff. Samuel's banged up. He's in and out. So you got Ayuk and you got uh, Johnson can't run the number 15, the big guy. And you got Kill. You got to worry about two guys, really. The Samuel played a lot in the backfield. A great breakup by Rasul Douglas. Otherwise, he really wasn't challenged. All right, let's look at Stoke. You know, he didn't play the run and he didn't play the bubble screens very well. Um, he's lucky he got that Mitchell put the face mask on him down there at the three-yard line. And that led to a pick. 
I mean, they would have had first and goal to three. I mean, he was, he couldn't get Mitchell down. It was kind of embarrassing. Now he had a chance for a pick six, didn't he, Tyler? You saw that. A 77-yard pick six. He went for the man, not the ball. Now he's dropped six picks this year. And um, every scout said he had bad hands. And on this one, he didn't have the, he didn't have the courage and the confidence to go for the ball. And another one, just like Campbell's, it could have, could have turned the game around. Um, then when Kittle caught that ball for 25 yards, uh, he dragged Stokes for 13 yards. First he crossed his face and man, and then he drags him 13 yards. That was embarrassing. Not a good way to end the season. All right, Alexander. He was in there as the nickelback on third and long, eight snaps, right? The turn down by Samuel. I don't know. I mean, the extra seven, six, seven yards on the ankle bite. They put him out there and Shanahan found him and exposed him and won the game. What can you say? Sullivan's going to make that tackle, Tyler. He doesn't miss many. Sullivan has problems in coverage, but he does not miss many tackles. The guy's a tough guy. And what did we talk Ooh. about last week? How are you going to incorporate these players coming back? I mean, it sounds great in theory. Star left tackle, star cornerback, star pass rusher. And then what happened? The left tackle wasn't ready, so he didn't play. And the left tackle, and Alexander's thinking about his future. He's got a big money package coming. Is he yeah. really going to lay it on the line with that shoulder four months after or three months after he got that thing banged up? Well, the answer, what they didn't want, they hoped wouldn't happen. The answer was no, he wasn't. He turned it down. Right. Debo Samuel will make some DBs turn it down, but not many, not many. And this is inexcusable. It's terrible. All right. King, King the dime back was in there on third and long. I think LaFleur likes him. He guarded Kittle now and then I'd rather have Sullivan on the field personally, but okay. Now let's go to the safety. So Amos. So Shanahan got, got him isolated with Kittle. Didn't he early in that game? It was a 63 yard touchdown. He got beat bad. He got matched up on him. It was just what you draw up. They spent all week trying to get this matchup, and he dropped the ball right between the hash marks. <laughs> um, you know, Amos got beat bad on that extended play on the interception. He got beat bad by Kittle, who was in the middle of the field and sprinted all the way across. But for whatever reason, Garoppolo just couldn't sight him, couldn't find a throwing lane. But I'll give Amos credit. He kept playing all the way across that end zone, and he made the play. Now, could he have picked that ball off and gone 97? Maybe. It was close. That's the third one that could have been a pick six. Pick six is by 21, 59, and 31. Maybe. That's how you win games, Tyler. Really, several tough hits by Amos. Really good tackles on Savage. He made. I got four of them. You know, we know Amos. I like him. Um, okay, Savage. He made a really big hit on uh, on Mitchell on a great fill. It was one of his best hits of the year. And then he got injured. Uh, we didn't do the snap. We didn't do the snap counts. Stokes played all fifty-four. Douglas played all fifty-four. Seventeen for Sullivan. Eight for King. Eight for Alexander. 
At safety, you got all 54 for Amos. Savage played 34, missed the last 20 because he got injured, and Black played the last 20. The sec third game this year, Savage got knocked out because of injury. And so what happened? It was a screen. And Alex Mack, the center, was going over there, and he just it's not a penalty. It's not Savage's fault. He just kind of turned to, to get into position to make the play or to take the blow. And his back was in front of Mac and Mac hit him and he was bending and he drilled him right kind of in the mid to upper back. And he tried to take a couple steps off and that was it. They lost him and that didn't help. Black uh, looked like he had to be told what to do by Sullivan on, uh, on a, the one play he blitzed by the way uh, in this game, Joe Barry blitzed more. He blitzed 33.3% five or more. He never sent six. So he did a little bit more blitzing the last couple of games. And LaFleur remarked about that. He gave Shanahan some different looks. He'd been pretty static all year long. Um, and then he got pushed by the, uh, by the wide, re wide receiver, Jawan Jennings uh, uh, near a pile. And the very next play, he shoved, uh, shoved Johnson over the pile. Boy, kind of taking a chance there. There was no flag. So that's it, I think, on the, on the DB. Um, Shanahan made Alexander tackle. And it was a great play design again on that final series. That's why he won the game. He outcoached uh, the floor all the way. You know, as you were dissecting that that play again i had to look it up on youtube and boy it's worse every time you look at it alexander yeah it, it looks almost like uh unsure jv player you know putting on the pads or i know that sounds harsh i mean he's an elite cornerback he i'm not taking away i mean obviously he's a player you want out there Overall, he's unbelievable. But in that moment, in that play, he didn't want anything to do with Debo Samuel. He didn't. Nope. I mean, look, like, uh, and I, I believe their their beat writer made this point. Dieter, um, I don't want to mispronounce his name. Hang on. I always do. I don't want to. Don't want to butcher it. Dieter Kurtenbach. I want to say Kurtenberger. Sorry, Dieter. Does a really great job covering the 49ers. Talked to him several times over the years. He made a really great point. He said, say what you want about San Francisco's cornerbacks. They tackle. Hmm. Right? They've yeah, gotten Mosley, hitter. Yeah. Um, they're going to stick their nose in there. And, and some teams have corners that do it overall. Some teams have corners that don't. Mm -hmm. um, and at least – that moment that's that's one alexander would like to have back but you do wonder yeah I, I hadn't thought about that contract being cautious does that even subconsciously enter your your mind it might you know it might if you th if you're thinking about it into the game maybe it's planted back there somewhere i don't know only he knows and they know they weighed all this stuff a hundred times tyler in their mind they made the call to play them they got a, they got a, live with it you know and they saw and they watched that tape and you don't think jerry gray and barry haven't looked at that now a hundred times and second guessed themselves they have all the time in the world these coaches all the time in the world for the next eight months they're going to be thinking about that 
it cost them. All right, kickers. Uh, the block was not Crosby's fault. He also that was from 39. He made a 33. Uh, his kickoffs, you're hitting a you know solid frozen ball. It averaged going to the nine yard line. Three kickoffs, 56.0, 3.74. Orquez, his net of 35.5 on five punts was eight and a half yards worse than. What's that guy's name? Wisnowski. Eight and a half yards worse. 47.0, 35.5, 3.98 on the average hang. Um, he's erratic. I mean, look at his hang time. 4.53, then 4.69, then 3.31, then 2.92, and then 4.44. The block, you can't blame him. All right, so that's it on the on the kickers. So now we go to special teams. All right. Um, well, they've been bad for, other than really with Nolan Cromwell under Holmgren and then Johnny Holland. I mean, they've been really bad. And you know, in the Rick Goslin ratings, as soon as McCarthy hired that John Fossil this year, or no, before his for two years, I said that's the best move McCarthy ever made because he was a terrible. He had no interest in special teams either, and um, I think McCarthy uh, under Fossil, I think Dallas was sixth and fifth the last two years, and McCarthy in his thirteen years, uh, only one team was worse than him, averaging all those Goslin rankings, and I believe it was Arizona, but I know he finished thirty first. They're terrible. And they remain terrible. And really, it's all on the floor. I mean, this is old and good against both of them equal to blame. He should have hired Darren Rizzi. He was coming out of Miami. He visited Green Bay. They wouldn't give him the three-year deal. They wouldn't give him the money they wanted. They offered a two-year. Then they tried to come up. It was too late. He was going to New Orleans. Rizzi had done it down in Miami for about nine or ten years. They played tightwad. With a corporation that's making God knows how much money other than the pandemic here. And Rizzi went to New Orleans. And how did he rank in the Gosling rankings? Number one in 19, number six in 20, and number five in 21. Where did Green Bay rank with Menenga? 26 in 19. He had been the backup for the Cleveland Browns, the vaunted Cleveland Browns. And all those special teams coaches that voted in my poll that year at Bob McGinn football, they ranked him ninth or 10th out of the 11, I think, new hires. Then he ranked 29th last year. He got fired. And Lafleur, what did he do? Promoted his assistant, Maurice Drayton. And he finished, got the booby prize this year of 32nd. Um, I asked a special teams coach uh, this week what he thought. He said, Green Bay historically, They've been parentally terrible on special teams. It's always third. They don't care. I said, that's a bad thing to say. They care, but they don't care enough to do anything about it. I asked him about LaFleur. He said, well, he's an offensive guy. So the only thing I saw LaFleur do, they were trying to get on the coach there, Drayton. Are you thinking about making a change, he was asked? No, we're happy with him. Thank God, at least he's sticking up for the coach. It ain't the coach's fault, okay? It's what you put around him. Good players make good coaches. 
I don't think of anybody on Green Bay this year being a really good core special teams player. So before we get into the mess, I spent about an hour today, Tyler, and I went through uh, the all NFC North team that I did with scouts for 27 years, right? The central first, and it ran from 94 to 20 this year. I mean, as you know, and our readers know, um, I talked to scouts, but I voted for it myself. And I didn't have a special team stud, I don't believe. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and Oren Burks finished fifth. Um, okay. So just looking, the best way to do this, Tyler, there's, there was some ties many years for the special teams player of the year, the core special teams guy, not returner, the core guy. And just the undisputed, sometimes unanimous, sometimes just by himself, the undisputed first place finisher. In those 27 years, the Bears had that player 10 times. The Vikings had it four times. Detroit had it three. Green Bay had it three. And Tampa Bay, in their eight years they were available for that thing, had it once. Um, if you look just at the NFC North, counting ties for first team just in the north that's 19 years the bears had the best guy nine times the vikings had it seven times the lions six and green bay four they haven't had many good players now let's look at the people from green bay who finished first oren burks in 18 tied with uh, j ron curse of the vikings with seven votes let's go back to 2012 jared bush Won it, but with only seven. Nine was the unanimous vote. He had seven. From 2012, you got to go all the way back. Back to Mike Sherman. Scott McGarahan, a safety, tied that year with eight votes. And then you go back to the last two years of Holmgren. Lamont Hollenquist, the linebacker, he won it. And in 97, the running back, Travis Jervy, won it. Anybody else? I looked at all the Packer guys who got votes over all these years. I thought Chris Banjo was a good player. I thought Desmond Bishop played well. I thought Tracy White, the linebacker, played well. For a receiver, I thought Robert Ferguson played well. Running back, Marcus Wilson played good way back in the early 90s. And Mike Pryor played good in there under during with the Holmgren years. So let's just compare it with the teams that got the studs. The Bears, they never had a quarterback, Tyler. They had to try to win with, with special teams. Who have they had? Uh, Sharon McManus, Corey Graham, Brennan Ian Badale. Three years in a row, he, four years, three years in a row, he won the thing. That Abdullah from Chicago, Larry Wiggum from Chicago. A Baker from Chicago and Maurice Douglas from Chicago. These guys, they don't have positional values. None of those players I mentioned. Minnesota had a double winner in 09 and 10. Heath, Har Heath Farwell, he's a head special teams coach in the league. He had no linebacker ability. Detroit had a safety, John Wendling. Um, Miles Kinnebrew hung, hung around Detroit for a couple of years. He won this award twice. It's if you want to do it. Jeff Gooch for the Lions back in 02. It's if you want to do it. Green Bay does never, has, they have never wanted to do it. And it's what you get. 
you don't you don't have players. Who's the best? This one guy, what did he say this year about Oren Burks? He says, I don't think Green Bay had anybody. Burks was kind of getting mentioned by default. So that's what you got. And you got you got amateurs and a first-year head head special teams coach. Gutekunst, Ted Thompson, they don't have any interest in these kind of players. Um, and LaFleur really doesn't. It's not his shtick, man. He's trying to, he's just trying to break even. That's what Roger said after the final game. Just trying to get a wash, basically. Just trying to break even. The hell with that. Try to get the advantage here. Win a game like this. Have the edge. But no, they're not prepared to win a game with special team. They're just trying not to lose it. Well, it all caught up to him here. Let's look at it. Um, we talked you've about been, the gunners. You've been calling home. it all season too, Bob. You're, you've been saying it. was it. a powder keg waiting to be in, just incited, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about it repeatedly. It was a mess. You know, amateur hour. So let's look at it. Um, a 32-yard uh, kickoff return. Um, that thing almost went out the gate. Douglas, the safety, Rasul Douglas, basically saved the touchdown by uh, Jamichael Hasty. And then the other kickoff return. All right, start of the third quarter, right? Um, all of a sudden, Debo Samuel's running, taking the field. He's the kickoff guy all of a sudden. I don't believe he's returned one all year. I don't have the San Francisco sheet, but I don't think he had returned a, a kickoff all year. So if you're LaFleur or if you're Mo Drayton, what do you do? You're really going to kick straight out to uh, this guy? You could pooch it. Crosby's very good at this stuff. Or you could squib it. No, they kicked straight away. And the, the kick was not terrible. Let's check the hang time on that one. It was uh, uh, 60 yards, 3.89. That's pretty good in that weather. So Crosby, the kick was fine. The coverage stunk. 45-yard um, return by Samuel. It just galvanized. It just set the tone for the entire second half. You know, and it was on the left numbers, too. It wasn't right down the middle, but he broke across the field. Uh, Tyler Davis, the tight end, and Winfrey, they lost leverage. Um, 42, Burks, he got blocked. He ran over Kevin King at the end, right in front of the Niner bench, got them all jacked, ran right over King, you know, powered over him. Macho hit. Just set you up, man. All right, Amari Rogers. He let two punts roll, cost him 12 yards in distance. Um, he made a 26-yard kickoff return. He made uh, he made a River Craycroft miss, and he made a 25-yard kickoff return. He made uh, Charlie Warner the tight end miss. So, but he's so vanilla. He's just you know bottom of the barrel return guy. Gutekunst drafted him. Again, they draft him to be a slot receiver. Maybe they thought he could be a return guy, but they saw he wasn't good enough in Clemson. All their scouts saw that, but no, they took him anyway for positional value. All right, the block field goal. Um, talk to special teams coach on this thing. You know, it's just on Tyler Lancaster. I mean, the fact he's a nose tackle, 
that's okay. He's got pretty good quickness. We know he's a great athletic tester. Nose tackle is a good choice. You know, the first block, let me look at the notes. The first extra point, um, Jimmy Ward really didn't do anything. He's the jumper over there on the, uh, on the left side. They had De Deontay Johnson over on Green Bay's left. He's on the outside, and they had Jimmy Ward, a fast veteran guy, as the jumper right next to him. So you got six to the left. It's an overload, three to the right, and basically two spies. So they overloaded over there. You get you got four blockers. Um, he just got beat. Lancaster didn't uh, just gave up the inside, and Ward was all over that thing. Shanahan wasn't even looking at the end of the half. He had his face down in his uh, play sheet getting ready for the second half. He didn't even look. The camera was on him. He didn't expect it. His special teams ranked 25th in the Goslin. But 25th compared to, you know, 32, it's like high school team against a college team. All right, so Lancaster gives that up. Um, all right, so now we're going to go to the um, – to the block field goal, right? Block punt, excuse me. <laughs> so when you look at this thing, the bottom line is it's on 46. It's on the long snapper. I mean, he's got to, as the special team coach told me, he's got to either cut that guy, Jordan Willis, or he's got to pull him over on top of him and risk the holding penalty if he's off balance. You tell that snapper, if you're off balance and the guy's going to block it, hug him, man. Maybe he'll get away with it. But it's a, a penalty, so what? I mean, we're already going to – we're already backed up. Go half the distance to goal or whatever. Or you cut the guy right off the bat. Um, now, could 41, the personal protector, Henry Black, could he have helped? Yes, he could have helped. But, you know, he's looking to get out, too, you know. His priority is probably thinking he's got to get out to cover, which he did. He didn't hang around. I mean, who would expect Wordle to get beat that bad? I'd say it's 90% on Wordle and maybe 10 on Black. Uh, I can't see any change in Bajorquez and Snap, whatever. Um, you know, interestingly, Jordan Willis had not rushed on the first four punts. He wasn't on the field. They had Omenahu out there, but then Omenahu, I think, turned an ankle or something, and they bring in Willis, and Willis went, you know, he couldn't line up directly over center because that's illegal, but then he veered in and just knocked the living bejesus out of uh, Wordle and blocked it with his left hand easily. You know, was this a great move by Richard Hightower to get Willis on the field? And everybody knows, I remember the scouts on this guy. He's a motor guy, big hustle guy, you know, tremendous effort which he showed. And you know what the coach said? Sometimes you just get lucky. <laughs> you know, some of it's luck. And they put Willis on the field and he got the job done. A block punt for the tying touchdown. Uh, Two-hand shove against Wordle. No cut, no hold, left-hand block, bingo. Now, the ball hit at the one. It could have bounced Green Bay's way, you know? Could have been a bad break, but it bounced backwards to the six. Didn't go in the end zone. Would have been an easier recovery, but there was a whole bunch of Niners there. Green Bay's running downfield, and, you know. Um, 
Okay, false start on McDuffie at the end of the game before a punt, terrible. Uh, the winning field goal, 10 men on the field, right? I mean, you know, adding in, injury to insult, that's the old cliche, but, I mean, you got 10 men on the field. It's on Drayton. It's on – he's got two assistant coaches on special teams this year. They got all these all these eyes on the field, LaFleur. LaFleur, you know, LaFleur – falls on his sword for all this offensive stuff. He really needs to fall on the sword for this special team stuff. That's on him. And that's on Brian Gutekunst. Um, Kevin King, he's been, he's shown nothing on special teams all year. He played six snaps in this game. It's not about playing starters as LaFleur talked about. It's about getting better core people on your roster and playing them. Don't deactivate them and cut them a week before the game. The most snaps, uh, 20, Davis, Black, who cares, Burks and McDuffie. I don't know. Is there anything else to say? No. But, you know, they lose a game. They could have won. They weren't just destined to win that game. That's a very tough outfit. And uh, But still, they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And they go, they go down in defeat. A defeat, I'm sure, they're not going to get over for a long time. That's it, T. <laughs> Well, well done, Bob. Holy cow. I, right when I think I knew everything I had to know about this game, um, I'm, I'm sure our listeners, readers just can't thank you enough for talking to people around the league to really give us a perspective, especially on the special teams. It's just part of the game that we all kind of brush off. I, you know, the way um, the Packers kind of put it, it you know, that you're just kind of hoping to get by. That's how, honestly, that's how I viewed special teams up until that 2014 NFC championship game. That's what kind of changed it. When you yeah. just saw disaster um, witnessing it in person, it, it it's going to rear its ugly head. It just is like luck. What, what's the definition? Like when, when chance, when chance and opportunity, when, Come on, Bob, help me out here. Is it when chance and opportunity meet? Oh, uh, that one I don't know. I don't know that uh oh, my <laughs> look it up, T. You're the luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Roman philosopher okay. Seneca. <laughs> I wasn't even close. My point I'm being, gonna give a I'm gonna give a get, shout out to our uh, to our joint colleague, okay. Michael okay. Cohen in those two years on the beat that I worked with him and your former bud at Syracuse, um, 2015 and 2016, Michael opened my eyes to some special team stuff. I never used to really pay attention or chart who were the holdup or who were the gunners. I do now write them down every time that's because of Michael. So good for Mike, Michael, appreciate it, man. Learn Diligent you, as hell. I love it. <laughs> it's easy to just kind of zone out when you're watching a yes, game. It is. When somebody yep. punts or kicks off or does it, I do it. Like that's when you go get a beer, <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you, you got that time plus the commercials Eh, just go feed the dog. Uh, go get a bottle for the baby, whatever it is. You're but dead right. It matters. And that's why so many special teams coordinators make great head coaches too. Right. Unless you're Joe judge. <laughs> Frank Gans, Frank crash Gans wasn't too good. Who is it? John Harbaugh is one. John Harbaugh. Well, 
Maybe we should just shit on my point then. I thought there was a bunch. Belichick started out doing that. Yeah. He's totally well-versed. Joe Gibbs? No, I don't think so. Sure, there have been guys, T. Your point's well taken. And these (laughs) offensive guys. Now, Bill Walsh is the classic example of a coach who didn't care. People out there told me that. Assistant coaches on his staff told me that over those years. And um, he just didn't care. Now, Holmgren was a little bit better, and he had, you know, come up under Bill. He was a little better, but he wasn't great. But he had a good coach in Nolan Cromwell and Johnny Holland at the end. I don't know what he did in Syracuse. Oh, he had that – or Seattle. He had that good coach, Pete Rodriguez. I think he did well. Um, Yeah, I think he was – Sherman, I can't remember. Bill Cower, John Harbaugh. Yeah. Mariucci, Marv Levy, Mike Smith, Dick Vermeil, Chuck Pagano. Dicka, to some extent, they all had special teams to their background. Okay, yep, quite well taken. There. Well, I think you got to know all these zany rules and you have every nook and cranny of the game. You're just obsessive with the minutia that within pro football. Like you, you have no choice but to obsess over that stuff. And it's not just going to be a random bounce of the ball. It's you're you're creating that. It is. It's. It's not. And if it, when it happens in the playoffs, when everything's tight and every inch matters, you better give a shit about special teams. You know, I thought that 2014 was going to be the wake up call. Um, it just got worse and worse, and they changed head coaches, and it just got worse and worse. Um, I guess they have to figure out the quarterback situation first, but they probably should get around to special teams this offseason. Well, with Peyton gone today, there's uh, not all these guys are free, but there's nine special teams coaches. Some are under contract and some are being held, whatever. Uh, you better make a play for the best one right there. I mean, but it's not going to, that guy's not going to do the job of, unless Gutekunst and LaFleur change their whole act on roster building. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who's to say Rizzy would have succeeded with the crap, uh, the, the players, the lack of emphasis and interest here in Green Bay. You can't say that. Like that's coach told me. You, it's, it's not the coach, it's the players. Hmm. All right, T. Should we do a memory and wrap it up? I think so, Bob. Should we? We haven't even really discussed a plan for the podcast uh, beyond tonight, have we? So I don't know. Uh, put you on the spot here. Do you want to keep doing this or not? Let's talk later about that, T, okay? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Got all of our listeners just going to drag you out. and I'm geared up for the memory, T. You're geared up for the memory. (laughs) All right. Can I go with the memory, T? Let's just talk about this podcast for maybe a few happy (laughs) hours, too. Let's hear the memory. All right. Um. The NFL playoffs started in 1933, Tyler. No, I wasn't there. Green Bay's first appearance was in 1939. But as you know, the first 13, they won them all. One at State Fair Park in Milwaukee, one at Milwaukee County Stadium, and 11 at City Stadium, knee Lambeau Field. 13-0. and And when did it change? What was the first of these seven games? Do you know, Tyler? These seven Mike, defeats at home. Mike Vick. 
Yeah. Prancing through the snow. In the snow. All right, here we go. January 4, 2003. Well, I remember it just like yesterday. Atlanta 27, Green Bay 7. Atlanta is the sixth seed. They're coming to Green Bay, number three. Green Bay's 12 and four. Atlanta's nine, six, and one. The pack, a six and one half point favorite, 31 degrees. Green Bay, does this sound familiar? NFL's only unbeaten team at home, eight and zero. Same as this year. Atlanta then would lose at Philly the next game, 20 to six. Their first playoff appearance since they went to the Super Bowl in 98. Dan Reeves, he was in his sixth of seven years. He got fired after 13 games the next year. They went five and 11. So they were not a good team. They were nine, six, and one. Green Bay had beaten Atlanta in the opener that year, 37-34 in 87-degree weather. And they Green Bay won four of the last five to win the division. Amon Green had a 1,200-yard season. Donald Driver caught 70 balls. KGB had 12 sacks. Sharper had seven picks. And they led the league in turnover differential with Ed Donatel. 45 takeaways and plus 17. Michael Vick, the young quarterback, had been in a slump since December, but he had rushed for 777. The D coordinator that night under Dan Reeves was Wade Phillips. Green Bay was crushed by injuries that year, just brutal. All right. Before that game, I went back in the files and looked at why Green Bay had dominated all these home games, looked at them all. Warren Sapp, after losing to Green Bay in that game, he said, they said on the PA, field of legends, city of champions, there would be no more gratifying feeling than coming in here and getting a win, but it didn't happen. What did the scouts say before this game? Ah, it's the same old stuff. They're an indoor team, and you think that they'll come up to Green Bay in the weather and get their ass whacked. Uh, a month before this game was played, the great Bob Oates, O-A-T-E-S. Do you know him, Tyler? No. Great pro football writer for the L.A. Times. In the same oh, league as yeah. Tex okay. Mall as a yep. forerunner. 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s. I mean, he wrote till he's like 85. He wrote a column saying that freezing weather was an unfair advantage for the Packers, and he advocated that the NFL forced the Packers to play their playoff games at a neutral site. How about that? Really? Yes. In a warm location. Uh, yeah, that was quite a shocking thing. So, all right, what happened? Well, Vic drove him right down the field to start with. Going through that snow, running around, making them look silly. Uh, a record crowd of 65,000 that night. My lead was inept, soft, sloppy, lifeless, and disgraced. <laughs> the Packers were all of that and more Saturday night. Playoff imposters, 27 to 7. Mike Sherman said, to say I'm disappointed is the biggest understatement I could ever make. No, I didn't see something like this coming. Sound familiar, auntie? I'm not going to jump ship on a team that won 12 games, but in Green Bay, you're measured by championships. This is a tough one to stomach. We have to live with this for quite a while. I hope we figure out a way that this is never done again in this position again. Uh, <laughs> Tyler, there was a block punt in this game. There was. It was 7-0. Do you remember that? Of course, it was seven yeah. Nothing. 
Seven nothing after that long drive, 10 plays, 76 yards right down the field. And uh, then Green Bay, right down in that southern end zone. Um, Josh Bidwell was the punter. The linebacker Mark Seminole shot through a hole just to the right of long snapper Rob Davis. And he jumped on the ball before it was even off Bidwell's foot. Who was at fault? Safety Matt Bowen, who's now in the media somewhere. He blew it. That made it 14-0. Uh, Artie Ulmer recovered that thing. A linebacker recovered in the end zone. 14-0. Um, Green Bay was pathetic in this game. Uh, Les Snead, who's now the GM of the Rams. I talked to him at halftime. He was the Falcons pro guy. He said, we got lucky. It's just like a Friday night of high school football somewhere in Alabama. 31 degrees with four-mile-an-hour wind. Falcons knew they had no problems. You could forget this home field advantage and all this narrative. Of, oh, my God, we got to go to Green Bay. The league's got to go to Green Bay. Just forget all that stuff. It's just all garbage. They've lost seven times in 19 years. It's totally meaningless. This is just proof positive. Um Packers turned the ball over five times in a comedy of errors. Dome teams had a terrible record in the stadium in, in the playoffs. They were 3-17 and 17 since 1990. Dome guys playing outside, but this all changed. Uh, Warren Dunn, TJ Duck at the big back hurt him. Uh, is there anything else to say on this one? Uh, let's see, there's a little bit here, Tyler. I could oh, be wrong, Mike Bob, said, but didn't and you might have mentioned this? Didn't the Packers lose just a a brutal Week 17 game against the Jets? And if they would have won yes. that, they would have been the number one seed. Like I, I it, don't know about that, but they got blown out by the Jets. You're right. Yeah, like 42-17, just an absolute whitewash. And but if they would have won that. I really, I think they would have gotten the number one seed. So you avoid this game completely, and you're. You know, who knows? They probably would have lost it Lambeau Field with what they were putting out there anyways. But I remember it, the, the momentum was just gone. Like they had this yeah. gritty team. They're, they're getting some – they're on the cover Sports Illustrated, I think, at some point down the stretch. And they just poof, it was gone. But that, I, remember, I just remember watching this Atlanta game thinking after that block punt, of course they're done. They just – they're a dead team. None of the Niners said anything. They couldn't. But wide receiver Sean Jefferson – uh is that justin's dad yeah he's been a wide receiver coach for years he was for the falcons after this game he said hey i'm just calling a spade a spade to come up here and kick their butts was great uh sherman talked about injuries i mean he lost five starters in this game excuse me he opened the game without four and he lost four more in the game driver glenn amon green and gilbert brown i mean they were decimated I'll give Mike Sherman credit. He didn't take the easy way out. He said, you know, that's an easy way to look at it. If I say that's the reason why we didn't get it done today, then every player that I ever coach will tell me there's a reason to lose. I'll never say injuries are why we lost football games. Matt LaFleur has not copped that once this year either. Bart Starr used to do it. Mike Sherman, though, was to blame partially on this. He, he did not challenge an illegal touching possession on a fumble punt inexplicably he did not challenge that thing and the last thing i want to mention 
The Packers last blocked punt in the playoffs. So we got one on Wordle and we got one on Bowen, right? Matt Bowen was in the 1962 title game. I was 10 and I remember watching this on that black and white TV up in uh, the UP. The Giants, Erich Barnes, a good cornerback, playing, starter playing, blocked Max McGee's punt and a backup wideout, Jimmy Collier, hopped on it in the end zone for a touchdown. 16-7, I believe that was the only score for the Giants. 16-7, the pack won it. All right, Tyler, we've got enough of block punts and home defeats. That's a wrap on a season, T. Any predictions for the quarterback, Bob? Anything you'd like to uh, give our loyal listeners that hung around here for two hours? Nothing. <laughs> I have nothing on that. Not even I don't for the go people there. I was stuck just... around for the whole show? Nothing. I don't think so, T. Wow. All well, said, we're going to have to reassess your start, future then this week. At the start of the season, T, I said if they, if they reach the Super Bowl, he'd be back. I don't know. I'm not going to play those games, T. I mean, talk radio is going to have that grist for the next X number of days. It's a good word for it. It's a grift, isn't it? I'm not around there. I haven't talked to him. I don't know. Yeah. You well, want to make a comment on that? I'm exhausted, Tyler. Yeah. I'm After still, that thing. I think everybody's still recovering from last offseason. It if we're to take him at his word, we're going to know by free agency. So are you, all right, let me just ask you this real quick. Yeah. Are you, is any shred of you surprised or disappointed? Maybe a little strong, but I mean, the Packers just came out and said they want to back in the worst way again. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, I don't know. Are you surprised at all that they kind of went to that extreme already and, and trying to publicly no, publicly yeah, right. no, because if they get rid of them and who cares, they're just going to say that's just public bull crap, pablum consumption. You know, right. I know when you lose a game like this though, people have to pay the price and far paid the price on that. After the Cole game in 07 against the giants, they turn, you know, when he didn't respond right away by March one, they turned the page, man. So if you're Rodgers and you want to come back, I'd be a little careful because no matter what they say about how great he played, <laughs> yeah, right. No matter what they, they know say, the truth. they know the truth and he stunk. They know the truth. They're not going to admit the truth, but they know the truth. And some people got to pay. We'll see if it's going to be him or not. Well said, strong note to go out on and Man, we just can't thank everybody enough for listening and subscribing and being a part of this at Go Along all season long. This was something new. Um, We weren't sure, you know, how people uh, would receive it, and it was overwhelmingly positive. Uh, People want Bob McGinn ratings in their life, and I just got to thank you, Bob. I mean, you were phenomenal. This has been so much fun to see every week here on Zoom. Bullshit tell old stories, talk football, talk life, Mac basketball. You, you, you run a hell of a pod T. <laughs> you are, your enthusiasm is infectious. You really know how to do it, man. You keep things loose, you keep things right. <laughs> but, uh, you're bringing, you know, about 97.9% of the substance here. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a, a distributing point guard, you know, from the seventies that might've shot the ball about, 
five, six times in a game. That's how I try to treat this podcast. You know, you're kind of. I'll tell you what, this is your, this is your show. This is you're running the show 99%, 99.8% of the time. This is your show, your site, and you've done a great job with it. There's a lot of variety and a lot of tremendous content. So that's you, Tyler, all the way. I appreciate it, Bob. It's been a lot of fun. And um, if there are Western New Yorkers listening to the show, Isaiah McKenzie, we're going to continue that show Thursday night. Come on out. Mr.'s Barn Lanes, Easter or New York. We're going to talk about that game that Bob loved so much. <laughs> that high scoring affair against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but Isaiah came out at the end of the year. They, the, the Bills kind of wised up and started using him because uh, he's, you know, maybe the fastest player on the field. So that was smart. Uh, so we'll wrap that up. Me and Monus, we're going to continue our show at some point this week. And I'll have a feature. Friday, hopefully a column along the way. And we're going to keep it rolling. I'm really excited about everything we have cooking the rest of the year, but really into the off season, the off season, Bob is, I mean, as you remember on the beat too, and I just, that is such a great opportunity to really, I mean, we were able to fly out to green Bay, spend some time with Kenny Clark, but with everybody's investment to go along, we're going to put it to use. I'm going to take another road trip um, early in the off season to really uh, hang out with these players, do a bunch of features, Team stories. We did the deep dive on the Giants. It's worth doing stuff like that. And um, yeah, I think we've got to take a look at these Green Bay Packers in uh, in depth at some point as well. So that will happen. What do you think? It, it sounds like a great formula, a formula for success. Uh, with your enthusiasm and talent, Tyler, this thing is going to go, is really going places. And it's going to go greater places than it is right now. Thanks so much. And that's enough smoke yep. that you've blown up my ass. So we better get the hell out of here before I <laughs> yeah. spontaneously combust. Thank you so much, Bob. And thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.